0: Hi, and welcome to Shadow Talk's weekly intelligence summary track, where our team of analysts dive into the top threat intelligence stories each week. To read their full findings and analysis, make sure to visit resources.digitalshadows.com. Now here's your host, Harrison Van Riper.
1: Hey everyone, Harrison here, uh, bringing you a special interview episode this week on Shadow Talk with Accenture's Deputy CISO, Jason Lukowicz. Uh We talk about some of the most important things to keep an eye on right now in threat intelligence and uh, the importance of being cross-functional as a security team across the organization, uh, how to keep your security playbooks up to date, and how Digital Shadows fits into Accenture's day-to-day processes. Uh, so, hope you enjoy the episode, so let's go ahead and roll it. Joining me now is Jason Lukowitz from Accenture and also Rick Holland, CISO of Digital Shadows. Gentlemen, how are you all doing today?
2: Very well. Good. Thanks good. for having me.
1: Good, good. Jason, maybe give us a little bit of background on uh, who you are and what you're doing at Accenture.
0: Sure. Um, so, my name is Jason Lukowitz, as you So nicely pointed out. Um, I've been with Accenture for 23 years and in the security space for the past 15. I'm a deputy CISO, and I have responsibility for all of our response efforts, which includes threat intelligence, uh, investigations, cyber response, crisis management, data loss prevention, red teaming, threat hunting, et cetera. So anything where we're responding, it falls into my bucket. I've got about 100 people that work for me around the globe, and we are a 24 by 7 by 365 shop.
1: And you do a lot. <laughs> you cover a lot of areas. I do a lot of hats. <laughs> okay, so so I guess I guess that kind of leads in nicely. So like as as a big company uh, that Accenture is, and all the different types of customers and things that you might respond to, um, what do you think is the most important things to keep an eye on, kind of as a digital risk protection customer? You know, what are the what are the things from a digital risk standpoint that are most interesting and most important to you? Sure. So I'll kind of answer this in
0: two different ways, but I think the response will somewhat be very similar. So with respect to our customer base, um, one of the things that I try to do and that I try to keep focused on uh, across the 22 industry verticals that we supply services to, the type of bad guys, threat actors, threat campaigns, et cetera, that would be interested in those specific organizations. Uh, Third-party risk is a big problem, I think, for organizations today. And I don't want to be one of those third-party risk problems for our client base. So I'm very proactive in trying to understand which bad guys or which problems may be focused on those entities and using Accenture as a pass-through to them. Um, On the flip side, in terms of how I protect the business – uh, the business, Accenture, the core of Accenture, our enterprise, is very similar. So I'm looking at the type of bad guys that would be interested in professional services. Uh, the big thing these days is, you know, crypto mining, crypto ware. So we'll see uh, bad guys trying to get into our cloud environments and drop different mining technology or um, encrypt the entire environment. So you know, having a really solid business continuity program is 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 paramount in dealing with that threat. Um, And the other is really around business email compromise, where we're seeing um, you know bad guys trying to misdirect payments. Um, and again, it's not so much for us, but it's for our customers and our customers' customers is where we're seeing that problem. So being proactive, talking to the these organizations, letting them know what we're seeing uh, to be helpful to them.
1: Yeah, business email compromise is one that continues to kind of come up. I think you know we wrote a blog or, well, we wrote a blog about the FBI IC3 report that came out, um, you know, a couple months ago, and business email compromise was, you know, leading the pack uh, in terms of fraud that's going on. So I think, I think you're definitely obviously not alone in terms of uh, being affected by that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we keep a close eye on. And for the bad guys, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that's increasing, you know, 100x per year. So it's, uh, it's as long as the bad guys are making money, they're going to continue to do
2: that thing. Yeah, we see on the Intel team, which rolls up to me, customers that are using RFI time to ask about these business email compromises uh, that they've um, endured, suffered, um, trying to get context um, on what's happened, and then internally for us at Digital Shadows, you know, I'm I have a weekly call with our CFO, of course. Um, our 150, 160 person company isn't quite the same uh, as, as, your, uh, your, as Accenture and certainly your team. But I talk to the CFO weekly and we, we do special training for his team who are likely to be targeted by those. And we see them coming in and we see some sophisticated ones and we see some pretty low hanging fruit ones that are pretty obvious. But yeah, it's top of mind for me in Digital Shadow's internal security uh, threat model.
0: Yeah, for us, we have, you know, on the client service side as well as internal, we've got a number of uh, processes that are in place to be able to identify when those types of threats come in. And I think the most simplistic one is pressure. I mean, anytime, you know, somebody is emailing you saying that they need, you know, instantaneous, you know, funds because they need their money, like those are typically the most, uh, you know, common, uh, common ways to detect the frauds.
2: Yeah, I think one thing I always recommend to customers is, you know, whoever your bank is make sure you understand what the process actually the 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 ic3 report also recommends this as well you know make sure that you know the contact at the bank you know the appropriate paperwork to to flag a business email compromise that has occurred so that you can start the the recovery process although i can't remember the statistic but the uh what do they call it? The rat team. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so
1: it's the rat team and the recovery asset team. Uh, I think we talked about it on another podcast and I couldn't remember what it was called. But but yeah, so like they have, from the cases that actually come to that team, they have a 75% uh, recovery rate for the funds that have been stolen, which is awesome because it's, it's, it's the first year that this team has been like in place. Um, so I, I'm I'm actually really excited to see what next year looks like. Um, hopefully it gets even better. But But yeah, I think... There are things that are going on kind of behind the scenes, you know, that you can keep on, uh, you know, combating the threat.
2: It comes down to the playbook, both both on, <clears throat> you mentioned um, extortion and having a playbook on what are you going to do when you have extortion from both a BCDR perspective, but also the internal security. And the same thing is what's your what's your BEC playbook and you don't want to be learning your playbook on the fly because you got that urgency that you just mentioned, Jason, right? People are like, give me my money. Um, you don't want to sort it out then.
0: Yeah. The worst, the worst thing to do is have an organic process that that never, that never lends well. And the other piece too is, you know, having a playbook is really important, but drilling that playbook and making sure that you build some muscle memory around it, especially on the threats that are impacting your peer group, really important.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, okay, so I guess this kind of leads in well to the next question. So how important do you think, um, you know, not even just digital risk, but kind of the security function of a company, how important is that to be cross-functional across different uh, functions within the organization? So working with IT who might not be security-minded or working with legal or, you know, different different business functions, how important do you think that is and how how much do you, do you kind of uh, experience that? Sure. So I've got...
0: I've got two answers on this question. So the first one with our standard employee group, with our our normal employee base, you know, we have, we've had a chief information security uh, organization and and CISO for the past seven years, uh, dating back to 2012. And it's paramount that we built uh, cybersecurity and information security kind of into the fabric of Accenture. So we have different training programs based on the role that you have within the company. We have this thing called the ASOC, which is where you are supposed to report any security incidents that come in. So all of those things um, are are well known across the breadth of Accenture, our 470,000 people. And then with respect to cyber response, which is the second answer I have, so uh, we mark the incidents as they come in so we have alert event incident incident is where we actually have a true positive and something That's occurred and then there's a scale of one to five five being you know Armageddon You know the, the world is ending and one being you know uh, You know I lost a mouse or I lost you know something rather, relatively simplistic and it, it poses no risk um, Within that framework there is a process that engages called our CEMT our cyber emergency management team which I chair and we have representation from all of our internal corporate functions, which includes our CIO, our infrastructure services, our legal, our marketing team, et cetera. And each of those groups has a playbook that fits into what I call our CEMT Bible. And when something happens, we will go to our respective playbooks and um, you know turn on the specific pieces that we need to respond accordingly. So very, very important.
2: How do you keep your... Um How do you keep your playbook up to date? Like you you mentioned before, you know, you don't want to develop something organically because a certain um, incident is occurring. How do you how do you look forward and know what playbooks you should be designing in advance of that actual incident occurring?
0: Sure. So we run approximately 14 incident response drills per year. Uh, We do a monthly drill that, uh, again, brings together all the individuals that I spoke of, usually more Uh, mid to junior level people, because these are the folks that are doing stuff. We want to make sure that when there is an event, they know exactly what to do and how to respond. But what we do is we will take incidents that we hear about in the news uh, and we will run them through. So, you know, unfortunately uh, when Equifax was hit, we went through and did the same type of, you know, modeling you know if this happened and we had the Apache struts get exploited and this type of data was 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 taken how would we react how would we do containment how would we do uh, response from a communications perspective in terms of our shareholders our board our clients and our internal employees so we, we run response drills like that based on the things that are taking place in the news um, a few months ago there was a, a, a story that was published about Russia turning off the internet uh, to to you know, uh, see what would happen in the event of a cyber war. They wanted to shut it off for a few days. So we looked at what would happen if we were to shut off internet connectivity in any one of our countries, where would we have problems? What would our continuity and resiliency plans look like? So we're very, very uh, engaged in understanding what's going on in the, I would say, ecosystem, with especially within our peers, and then drilling those specific things. And we'll find, you know, what worked, what didn't work. We'll create an action plan to update our playbooks. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it's every 30 days, we're typically doing some type of update.
1: Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's a lot, of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of moving parts, I'd, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any, I guess, advice that you would have for maybe some other teams within your sector um, that might not be, you know, m- maybe quite as mature as maybe Accenture is or, you know, who's just kind of starting out or maybe midway through Kind of the maturity level process. Um, Is there any advice that you might have for for some of those organizations?
0: Sure. So I mean, I realize that budgets vary greatly uh, based on organizations and what their their revenue and their their profit streams look like. For I, I would I would suggest going out and looking at whether it be the Verizon report, you know, Mandiant FireEye creates a report. Accenture has its own security report that's that's published. I would look at those different reports and identify where you know, who your closest peer is and see if there is information about threats or things that they are facing. If you can't find it in direct alignment because, you know, you're a small, medium you know, cap organization, I would just look at your industry vertical and see what's, what's specifically taking place and make sure that you have um, a process to deal with those types of threats. And as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, business email compromise and social engineering tend to be the easiest way to get into an organization. So I mean, start simple. Just have a flag that comes in on every inbound email from external saying this is an external email. You know, be cautious with responding.
2: And that's a good one. It doesn't involve buying some brand new security yep. solution, something along those lines. It's it's pragmatic. Um, Leveraging when... what you already have.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, for a few years, we've had an Outlook plugin that we created internally that will pop up, letting you know that um, you've got external recipients in the 2CC or BCC, are you
1: sure you want to send? Um, So, Jason, let me ask you, what is your kind of major area of focus right now? Sure.
0: Um, So there's two areas that I'm specifically focused on now. Uh, Threat hunting is a big one, something we've been doing the past few years, and it's a great way to identify if your security tooling and tech is actually working. It gives you the opportunity to tune things if you find, um, you know, historical issues or historical problems. But it's also a great way to identify things perhaps before bad guys do. So uh, expose services to the internet, uh, specific intelligence that comes through about, you know, bad actors when you know, the the unfortunate thing that happened to Wipro when they were breached, um, you know, through social engineering, as that information became public through the different sites that existed, you know, it gave us an opportunity to historically look and make sure that we didn't have that same problem in our environment, that we didn't receive any of those emails and communications. So threat hunting, I think, is a big one. Um, It gives organizations the opportunity to actually make threat uh, intelligence data actionable, which I think is really important. It also gives us, I mean, one of the things that I like to do internally is, is kind of measure everything that we're doing. So how much are we finding, uh, you know, whether it be typo squad or, you know, IP that makes its way under the net uh, or internal issues or vulnerabilities that aren't getting patched, we have the ability to kind of track that over time and see where we're improving. And the other is around red teaming. So again, I like to make sure that our SOC, our uh, perimeter, our SIM, everything is working as it's supposed to. And so I I have a a gentleman named Brandon who works for me who's fantastic and leads that function for me. And they will continuously just attack Accenture as an adversary and see what it is that they have the abilities to do. And we talked earlier about kind of drilling. One of the things that I like to do with my red team is on a quarterly basis, if we can, because it's it's expensive what I'm about to talk about, we will run it as an actual incident. And the only one who knows that this is going on is obviously uh, the guy who runs the red team, myself, my CISO, and our COO. And we will run out a live um, event, whether it be some type of ransom attack or um, exfiltration of data, but we won't tell the business that this is not, we will tell them that it's that it's a real thing and that it's live um, just to see how uh, All the facets of our response plans are working in a live scenario, as well as we'll train, we'll we'll test our vendors. So we'll, we'll bring in linguistic specialists to help us look at the language that's coming through. You know, we, you know, perhaps we'll bring in an outside law firm. We'll bring in outside communications teams just to see how they would actually act in a drill, even though they don't know it's a drill. And at the end, obviously, we tell everybody it's a drill, and they're usually pissed off that I've done this to them because. Uh, it, it creates a lot of tension within the organization. So those are the two areas that I have great, great focus on now.
1: Yeah. So so kind of as a, you know, I, I would say probably a more mature uh, program, how does Digital Shadows fit into, you know, kind of the things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis?
0: Sure. So uh, Digital Shadows is one of, one of a few of the different platforms that we leverage. What I like very much about Digital Shadows is it gives me true positives. So I don't have to have my team focused on looking at the intelligence that's coming through, figuring out if it's really a problem, not a problem. It's very actionable, kind of out of the gate. So I use it heavily for IP leakage. Uh, it's not necessarily giving me attribution as far as where it's coming from, but it gives me a starting point on tr- in terms of where it is that I need to investigate, which is very, very useful and helpful. And the other is around typosquatting. So going back to business email compromise, Where bad guys are usually successful is when they set up a domain that looks very similar to you. They then create an MX record and start mailing. And, you know, with Accenture, you drop a C, you add a three instead of the the E, and it becomes very difficult for, uh, you know, folks to necessarily recognize when they're looking at it at first glance. So um, Digital Shadows has helped us a lot with that. We, of course, we leverage our, I think the, uh, I forget what it's called, where we can call in and... uh, you know, get an analyst time to help us look through uh, some specific things. Or if there's a specific industry that we want to write an article or, or blog post internally about, you know, we will we'll reach out and get uh, you know, get information and help from the internal analysts there. So very, very useful.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm glad we glad we can help out. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of wrapping up for our last question, you know, August is upon us. It's coming up soon. It's now next month, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's super soon. Um, and I believe, are you going to uh, Black Hat or DEF CON this year?
0: I will be at both.
1: Oh, awesome. All right. Well, you'll see me and Rick there as well. Um, I will. Is there anything uh, that you're looking forward to specifically at the at the conference this year?
0: So I love going to the social engineering village. I could sit in there for eight hours every day and just watch watch um, in just complete amazement at the information that these guys get out of people. It's just fantastic. Uh, beyond that, there's, you know, there's a, there's a... You know, I haven't actually gone to see what the schedule looks like this year. Um, I know I will be spending a lot of time with the different uh, partners that we have. I know Accenture has a few events where I'll be going and, and uh, spending time with their security consulting practice and engaging with some of our customers and clients. Uh, so it's it's I, I actually love the Black Hat Conference. I like the fact that it's confined to Mandalay. It's it's a two-day event. So, you know, we can kind of go hard for two days, unlike, you know, some of the other conferences that go on for five or six days. And by, like, day three, I'm dead. So this is uh it's it's one of the conferences that i really look forward to
1: yeah this will be my first so oh yeah yeah so it'll be a pace yourself pace yourself it'll be an interesting experience but no i'm I'm super looking forward to it i I think we've already mentioned on the previous podcast but the kind of one that i'm looking forward to is the miter stuff with um with katie nichols and uh ryan kovar who we've had on the podcast before So, uh, so, yeah, so it'll be a good time. All right, well, uh, Jason, thanks so much for, for chatting with us today.
2: It's been fun, guys. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll have to do it again.
1: Yeah.